Well, hey friends, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week. And this week we are on episode two of my series on building an online business. And this week we are going to talk about finding your business idea. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists, or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Well, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you all are faring well these days. Um, Let me say something before we get into the podcast episode proper. And of course, as I mentioned in the intro, we are going to talk about finding your online business idea. However, I do need to address, let's call it the elephant in the room. I mean, I I could mention the American election. I am Canadian, but I know the American election affects a lot of us. Um, So that's one sort of source of stress or strangeness or that kind of thing for for a fair number of you, whether you're American or not. Um, But the other thing is that I know COVID-19 numbers are up pretty much everywhere right now. Um, We're going through most definitely a second wave here in Canada. Um, Toronto, where I live, has case counts over 500 per day as I'm recording this. And it's increasing right now, not decreasing. And in LA, for example, in the US where my brother and sister-in-law live, I was just talking to them a couple days ago. They have about 1400 per day. And this is scary. And I know people are nervous right now about a lot of things, right? About their income and about business. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people online talking about quitting their regular job, like, massage therapy, the clinic that they work at, for example, just one example. And they want to do something else because they're afraid of being face to face with people for hours or commuting on public transit or that sort of thing, like all the higher risk things that we hear people talking about when it comes to this pandemic. But it's also because clients are afraid and you're having trouble for some of you, that is, you're having trouble finding enough people to book your your schedule full enough to actually make like a decent income right now. And also things are tricky, you know, I, I get it. Um, COVID protocols, screening, extra cleaning, extra laundry, extra stress of dealing with, you know, is this person being truthful about their about whether they have COVID symptoms? Um Lots of ups and downs. And some of you are wondering how you're going to pay your bills for your business when you're booking like half the capacity you used to. For a lot of you, that's sort of where you're at. Half to like two thirds your normal capacity. Or you're working these crazy, ridiculous long days because you have to put so much time in between patients or between clients. Um, I honestly do get that. It is scary. It's a legit fear. It's a legit frustration. It's 100% valid. And I wanted to start out this episode mentioning that because it's not wrong of you to be thinking about building an online business or doing something different because of the way the world has gone. I 100% understand coming from that place. And you have my sympathy, especially, especially those of you who have lost loved ones or friends, you know, not that friends aren't loved ones, but like family, friends, you know, people important to you to COVID-19 or had people get really bad infections. And even though they're still with you, they, they have like 
health issues now that are quite serious, you know, but um, all this to say, the reason why I'm bringing this up, because you might be going like, Candace, like, I'm tired of hearing about COVID-19, you know, can't we just talk about online business and like, I can get this thing going. I hear you. But I feel that it is my responsibility to be honest, like I always am with this podcast, and say that there is no COVID proof, that's in quotes, business, in terms of the income ups and downs, okay? Not even online business is quote unquote COVID proof. As I said in episodes earlier this year, my own business has seen ups and downs due to the pandemic. People are less willing to spend money on things, right? So for example, just give you a sort of a an overview of from March till now with my business. In March 1, I lost a podcast sponsor. That was a good chunk of change in my bank account that is now not there because I lost the sponsorship because they were not doing any sponsorships due to COVID. I I also lost several clients who didn't want to go forward with going with doing work because of everything with the pandemic. We went from like life continuing to all of a sudden the whole country was shut down. And right now we're in another wave where there's more talk of shutdowns. Like I've I've seen some BC um, registered massage therapists who are scared of the thought that there might be another shutdown. Manitoba is going here in Canada is going down into sort of a, a lockdown type situation right now. Um, so yeah, you know, some of those clients on my end in terms of, you know, my work came back over the summer, but some of them didn't. And people are now hesitant to book again because of COVID, because their income is more uncertain again. And I totally get it. I do. I'm, I'm totally sympathetic to that. It's not like I'm going like, why aren't you people booking with me? That's not it at all. I'm just saying my online business is not completely certain. No online business is completely certain. So when you are looking for the right online business idea for you, it is a good idea to think about COVID and how it has changed society, how it, you know, what services are needed and not needed right now. But I really want to stress that I don't want you to get too caught up on finding the so-called perfect COVID proof idea. There are people marketing like courses and stuff out there. I know we talked about that a lot in the previous episode, the first episode in this series. There are people marketing courses out there trying to make it sound like online businesses are COVID proof, but that's not true. You're still going to have ups and downs just like any other business and COVID-19 may very well affect your business. So just plan for that. That's basically all I'm saying. So let's dive into this business idea. You know, let all that aside, let's not talk about COVID anymore. (laughs) Let's dive into talking about business. So As we get into this topic, I also want you to be aware that there is no one perfect formula for finding a business idea, okay? I am not presenting to you like the one true way to build an online business, you know? That's never what we're about at this podcast. I'm never saying like my methodology is the only way, right? But there are methods you can use to help you clarify and sort out your ideas. And there are things to think about in terms of what is a so-called good idea, quotes here, and so-called bad idea. But hey, there is no one true way to build an online business. A lot of that is up to you. There are methodologies, there are formulas, there are things that work for people, there are things that often don't work for people. We're going to go over some of that today, some things to think about, some pitfalls 
and ways to figure out and sort of pare down what your best idea is. The thing that will actually make you money, which is the most important part, right? That's the whole idea here. That's why the vast majority of you want to move things online, whether it's partially or fully. Now, one thing I want to stress here is that your business idea doesn't have to be the exact same thing that you did before the pandemic or before, you know, uh, as a as a health and wellness provider. And now you're looking to go online, whether it's due to the pandemic or just because your life has changed and you want to do something different. Um, your business idea can be completely outside health and wellness if you want it to be. Now, if you want to build an online component to your existing health business, that's totally awesome and you can totally do that. I am not, I'm not saying that's not possible. Um, for example, if you want to start selling online courses or books or do consultations online or sell health-related products or any of that kind of stuff, you know, online classes. Did I say that already? I didn't. You know, you absolutely can do any of those things. They can be completely like an adjunct or like a tie-in to your current massage therapy practice, therapy practice, nutrition consulting practice, whatever it is that you do. But you can also change to an entirely different type of online service or product or both if you want to do both at the same time. You don't have to start from scratch, though. That's one thing I do want to be clear on. But I do want you to think creatively and try not to just copy what you see everyone else doing because you think that like because everyone else is doing it, that's the right thing for you or like because they did it, it's going to give you money. Um, maybe some of your colleagues are doing online fitness classes for clients right now. But you ask yourself, is that a good idea for you? Does that best fit your talents? Is that something that you would really feel comfortable doing? Or is like the idea of doing it make you go, ugh, I don't want to teach online classes, but I guess I have to because I need money and, you know, we're going into a partial lockdown or because, you know, my life has changed and I can't see as many clients in clinic anymore or whatever. But if that idea of teaching online classes doesn't feel right to you, you can explore other ideas. You don't have to do the same thing as your colleagues. You could be better at writing books or producing courses or doing online seminars or um, pre-recording a seminar and selling it to people to watch later. All kinds of things that you can do. There is no one size fits all. That's what I'm trying to emphasize here. Even for you regulated professionals who have to think about your regulations, right, or you know, if you're going to do something completely outside of your regulated profession, that's okay too, as long as you're clear about those boundaries. You guys know what I'm saying. I don't need to talk about that, you know, any further than that. You you all knew that. But what if you wanted to do something totally outside health and wellness? Where do you go with that? Like, where do you come up with an idea? Because it might feel like the sky's the limit, but you're like, uh, um, yeah, where do I start? Do I go back to school? Do I just like ask friends for ideas? Like, I don't know. And that is a totally valid way to feel, by the way. Most people, when they're trying to come up with a business idea, that's kind of how it starts. You know, you start with like, well, where do I, what do I do? I want to have an online business, but what do I do? Well, think about your own talents and, and things that you're good at. So for example, are you good at wordworking? Are you good at doing other crafts of some kind? Are you a really good cook or a really good baker? Are you an amazing writer? Are you really good at teaching people things in a way that like they really seem to absorb and understand what it is that you're teaching? Are you an amazing graphic designer? 
Are you really good at interior design? Could you sell houses? <laughs> like, and so on. You, you go through your skills. You go through your talents. See if there's something really obvious you could use as part of your business idea and like the foundation of this online business. If it's something you could potentially sell in an online shop or provide as a remote or online service, as in you don't have to go face to face with people, you're providing it by like Zoom or FaceTime or whatever. If it is something that you could sell, then it could be the sort of the core of your business idea. Now, let's go back to that thing I said a second ago about going back to school. Do you have to do that? Absolutely not. You definitely don't. And I know, especially in North America, we've kind of built this, well, in like in sort of European and North American society in general, we've kind of got this idea that like you need schooling in order to have a life and make money. And that's not really true. You can build a business around something that doesn't require that if you want to. You don't need to do, say, like a coding boot camp if you want to like become a a freelance uh, website developer. You don't have to go and get a certificate in public relations if you want to do more professional writing or, you know, whatever. You don't have to go and get more schooling. Now, of course, the caveat, obviously, and I think you understand this, is if the law requires you to have some sort of certification. For example, if you want to sell food and your local bylaws say you need to have a food handler certificate, then okay, you know, or certify your kitchen or whatever, like look into those bylaws and make sure you're following those rules. But generally speaking, in the broader sense of things, do you have to go back to school? Do you have to go get another certificate or degree or whatever? Absolutely not. But if you want to, you can. Absolutely you can. If that would make you feel stronger, if you feel like, you know, you've got some sort of holes in your knowledge, you you totally can. But I encourage you to at least think about what skills and talents you already have that are outside of health and wellness, but maybe you learn them while you are working health and wellness, or maybe you learn them on your own time. Like things beyond that sort of title that you have, the registered massage therapist, uh, holistic nutritionist, registered yoga teacher, whatever it is, you know, that title is not your only skill. You are way more than the letters after your name, and there are way more skills that you've had to learn, right? People skills, computer skills, organization skills, writing skills, so on and so forth. You could probably write down, if you really were honest with yourself, you could write down a whole huge list of things that you've learned as a professional working with the public. And of course, there's also like the things that you've learned outside of your career. Like we've already said, you're a multifaceted human. That's what I'm trying to say here. If you spent hours and hours and hours learning to perfect a cookie recipe maybe you could open a small like independent little bakery you know maybe that could be your business idea right there's lots of ideas maybe you're good at woodworking like I already said maybe you're amazing at interior design and you could start a like a small staging business for example for people trying to sell their house like there's so many different things that you could do with your talents It doesn't have to be related to just the title that you had, the degree that you got. So however, remember that I said earlier that there's systems you can use to figure out if something is a good or a bad idea. And you're probably going, yes, Candace, I do remember that. How do I figure out which one is the good or the bad idea? Well, let's talk about that for a moment. So there's three things that you need to look at, okay, to figure out if something is a good or a bad idea for you. And only you can answer this question. I can't answer the question for you. Your best friend can't answer the question for you. 
No one else can. They can help you look at these things and assess them critically, but still, only you can answer the question. But what are those three things? They are time, they are money, and they are the public interest. So I think a lot of us get stuck on the money part the most, like, oh my God, I can't afford to start a new business. What are you even talking about? So let's talk about the time thing first, because that's actually pretty important. Now, the time thing breaks into two things. That's the time it takes to get your business up and running, and then the time it will take you to keep it going once it's running, right? So first off, number one, if you plan on doing your regular job, so that is, you know, the in person client services that we've been mentioning all along here. You're, you plan to still keep massaging, whether it's part-time or whether you are keeping your full-time regular job until the new online service or online uh, product sales are up and running and giving you enough income so that you can quit your in-person regular job, no matter which it is. If you're planning on keeping working the other job, you need to get as efficient with your time as possible. That way you have more time during the day to work on your new business and get it launched, right? So overall, your goal here is to look where you can improve your efficiency. For example, can you move all your client appointments to one time of the day rather than kind of letting people pick whatever time they want and you just work with it? Because I know that's really common for a lot of people who work in health and wellness, right? Or can you take your laptop to work with you so that if you end up with a three-hour break, you can work really hard on that new online business for those three hours? Or can you squeeze everything into three days? So work, yes, much longer days, but can you work three full days and then you have the rest of the week to work on your new online business? Or lots and lots of other ways to be efficient. That's just me tossing out a few ideas at you. Um, rather than talk about this at length, because this could be an entire episode in and of itself, I'll put a link in the show notes for you all just to think about efficiencies and how to make more out of the time that you have, right? Because we all only have 24 hours in a day. So how can we be more efficient? Now, with that said, let's talk about building out the new online business and getting it up as going as quickly as possible, but also being efficient while we're doing it. So I want you all to try your best to focus on what we in this business, this online business, call the MVP. And MVP in, you know, most of the world means like most valuable player, you, you know, you the MVP, right? In this, in this term, we're talking about minimum viable product, okay? So what is a minimum viable product? It's the, the simplest way to put it, it's the smallest version of your new business that is viable that like you can actually make sales from that people will be interested in buying from you or booking your service. So what could you get up and running first and then expand later on? So for example, if you want to sell products and you have literally like a half dozen at least ideas on products, you're you're so excited about this, you're you're super creative, you know it's something people are interested in, your friends have told you for years that you should maybe think about selling the thing that you make. Could you maybe just sell a handful of them to start, like three, four, maybe five of them as like your premier products and then add things later on, depending on like demand and how those sales go and that kind of thing. And then once you have that sort of determined, so you're figuring out like, what is that minimum business that you could get up and running and then add to later on, expand on, make it more awesome? Once you've got that sort of sorted out, you need to take the time to map out how many hours it will take to get those things actually up and running. So you know what it is you're going to make now. You've decided it's going to be, you know, these three exact products and, you know, um, and that's going to be the core of your business to start. You have to go about calculating 
how long it's actually going to take you to get that business up and running. Now, how you do this is largely determined by what kind of business you are creating and how much you already have done, as well as your own abilities, of course, and like how much help you have. Basically, it's a whole thing that you need to look at very holistically. But in short, what you do is literally you sit down and you write out every single task that you can think of. Okay, so this is where you start. So this is going to include stuff like any sort of licensing you need to get, banking you need to set up, legal structure stuff that you might be needed. Like if you're going to start it as a limited liability corporation, are you going to start as a partnership? Like what do you need in terms of all that like legal financial structure stuff as well? You're going to need a website. How long is it that going to take to get you get it up and running? Are you hiring somebody? Are you doing it yourself? How much time is that going to take? Anytime you need to create, uh, sorry, anytime you need for your products, anytime you need for your services, if that's what you're doing, map that out. How long is it going to take you to get that all like described and ready to actually sell to people? How much photography do you need? Do you need to, do you need headshots? Do you need product shots? Like what do you need for photography? Um, and you, you're going to need it on like your website and your marketing and stuff. So again, you know, look at all those pieces. How much, how many photos are you going to need? And speaking of that, how much time are you going to spend on marketing? You need to actually market your product if you, or your services if you want people to actually send you money, if you want people to pay you, right? So are you going to use social media? Are you going to use an email list, which I strongly recommend? And we'll talk about that more in the next episode. Are you going to advertise somewhere? Are you going to have friends help you out with this? Like, how are you going to get the word out? And any other small tasks you can possibly think of that you need to do before your business launches and you start, you know, selling the products or booking appointments. Now, be as realistic as you can with this and try to give yourself a buffer. If you think that something might take you like 10 hours, but you've never really done it before, you might be better off saying it will take 15 or 20. That way you've got a buffer. You know, you're not like scrambling and working like 24 hours a day for the last few days just to get the business up and running. That is common. But if you can avoid it, please do, you know. And speaking of that, if you aren't sure how long something's going to take, because that's that's totally a thing. I know some of you listening are going like, I have no idea how long this will take me, Candace. This is the first time I'm doing it. That's totally fine. You can do some research, you know, ask other people how long these things have taken them. Go to good old Google and Google some of these things. And also put some links in the show notes for you all um, to help you kind of answer this question for yourself. You know, I, I know it's not that simple. And there also isn't like a single answer I can give you because it all depends on what your business is. But there are ways to determine how long something is going to take you realistically. And then later on down the road, when you're like redoing your website or you're doing a new product launch or you're introducing a new service or whatever, you've got that experience. But for now, just do research on how long these things take other people and then you'll get kind of a feel for how long it's going to take. And keep in mind, of course, that like, If you're super not technical, but you're planning on doing a lot of the tech stuff yourself, add a little extra time because it's going to take you longer. Similarly, if you're super, super technical, um, but you ask a friend who's launched a similar business, you know, how long something took them and they are not technical, maybe you can take a little, say it takes a little less time because you really are technical. So just think about that kind of stuff. So, okay, once you've got an idea on how long it's going to take you to get this business up and running, you can look at that and see if that feels okay to you. Is this time going to be worth it to you? You need to be honest about that. 
So if something feels like it's going to take way too long to get it going, you need to ask yourself, is there a way I can pare this down and make it even smaller, a smaller MVP? Or is this online business thing maybe not a good idea? Like maybe you need a different business idea, right? But once you've done that time assessment and you you say to yourself, okay, this feels doable. This feels fine to me. I feel okay with it going to take, you know, two months, let's say, to get my new business launched, working a lot of weekends and all the extra time that I have. You know, I feel, let's say that's how long it's going to take. You feel good about that. Once you've done that, you need to think about how much time it's going to take to keep the business going. And I suggest you do this assessment before you even go down the road of building the business because you want to know what's coming, right? This is the stuff I talked about last week. Um, Remember that many, many, many business owners spend 60, 70, 80 or more hours per week working. It's not just in the launch phase. It's also keeping the business going. Yes, once they've done it a while, they can often pare that down. They can take more vacation, spend more time with family because they put in tons of hard work, right? But those initial stages often require lots and lots of long days, you know, Hours spent behind the scenes on stuff, marketing, replying to emails, going to the bank, meeting with other business owners, doing, you know, networking. This stuff doesn't pay you directly, but it does put your business in a good place if you do it well. And yes, it does take a lot of your time. So you need to ask yourself if you're willing to put in that hard work and dedication on this new business idea. This is not so different from, you know, launching a private practice as a massage therapist or what, you know, whatever health or wellness business that you have now. But it's a little bit different because it's an online business. So it's kind of new territory for you, right? But yeah, you need to ask yourself if you're willing to put in that hard work. Does it feel like something you feel good about spending the time on? If so, that's awesome. But like I said a minute ago, you know, if you're kind of hoping to set it and forget it and you don't want to put in that hard work, whether it's getting the business launched or after it's launched, Maybe you should look at a different business idea. So now let's talk about the money aspect. Now that we've kind of tackled the time thing, and I want you to, you know, realistically map out how much time these things are going to take you as best as you can. Let's talk about money because it's also really important. Because creating a business costs money. There's really no way around that, you know. Even if you DIY a lot of it, it's still going to cost you something. So you need to figure out how to do it within the budget that you have or find out where you can get more money to get things going and have a solid plan to pay that back if you have to. For example, if you qualify for a bank loan, look into that and see if it's a good fit and if you feel comfortable with like the repayment terms and the interest and all those things. If you qualify for government assistance programs for small businesses, look at that. See if you have to pay it back or not. You know, what's the requirements to even qualify? You may need to have a formal written business plan in order to do either of those, by the way. Often they do require those sorts of things. So do be prepared for that. Now, should you take out a loan or borrow money from, say, your family or a friend? Well, again, I can't answer that question for you, but I do want to say that it's important to really assess how much money you need to launch that MVP version of your business. It can be tempting to go as cheap as possible, or it can be tempting to kind of have a big, go big or go home mindset and just like spend, spend, spend. Because we humans, we tend to swing to the extremes. That's how we are. So I want you to be realistic. If you need more money than you have on hand, figure out ways to make your business work. 
and look at that from the start as much as you can to keep the costs as low as is reasonable without cheaping out so much that it just looks bad, right? You can often figure out what will cost you money before you even start your business. Unexpected things will obviously come up. That is life. But still, lots of it isn't a mystery if you just do your research, you know? So whether that money is coming from a loan or you're bartering with people to get a few services for free, and I'm putting that in quotes because bartering is never really free, be aware of that. Or you're finding cheaper ways to do things like hiring a student or hiring like a friend who is going to give you a discount um, instead of hiring like a, you know, a design agency. Or you're DIYing more of it than you planned, or you're getting the cheaper version of the software rather than the expensive one that you'd much rather have, so on and so forth. There's a balance to be had. So figure out what that balance is for you. Just remember that often going cheaper equals more of your time spent on things and your time is worth something, okay? So if that time was not in your original calculation of what we just talked about a few minutes ago when we talked about time on your business, you're going to have to add that into there. So... Extra time spent on things you weren't planning to DIY equals taking longer to get your business up and running or more time each week spending on spent on, sorry, keeping it going or both. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I think you get the idea on the money thing, right? It's important to have a clear picture of approximately how much time things are going to take you and how much money it's going to cost you. And finding a balance between DIYing everything and, you know, paying fees for everything. Finding a balance, trying not to borrow too much money, being reasonable at these things, applying for any grants or whatever that might be available out there if it works for you. Both money and time are really important to consider for your business. But there's one more thing that you really need to look at, and that's really the crux of the whole business. This is like the thing that if you do not examine it well before you get started, it could have the whole thing tumbling down on you and your, your business will not work out. That is this. The thing or service or product you are selling must be something that people need. It must solve a problem for people and they need to be willing to pay someone for help with that problem. If people are not willing to pay you for the thing that you want to create, and I mean people outside of like your best friend and your mom, right? If people in general are not willing to pay for this thing that you want to create, it's not the right business idea. And also as well, you need to take into consideration changes due to the pandemic. Unfortunately, that's the world that we are in right now. It will not always be this way, but right now it's this way. So give that some thought as well. For example, people might have needed travel-related things a year ago, and it might have sold really, really well because people love to travel. A lot of people do. But right now, maybe not the best time to launch a travel-related business. So if you've always dreamed of becoming a travel agent or, you know, uh, do some sort of travel planning thing or uh, travel photography or whatever, that's awesome. But maybe that's not the business for you to start right now. Maybe you should wait on that. If you, that's truly something you really, really want to pursue, right now is maybe not the best time. However, things related to entertaining yourself at home fitness at home, staying healthy, helping teach your kids a skill, helping teach yourself a skill. That's just a quick list of things that people need right now because, you know, the pandemic has changed our lives. We are mostly just staying home. 
those are things to think about when you're thinking about your business idea. Those are things that people would be willing potentially to pay you for, right? But of course, it doesn't have to be related to the pandemic. It just has to be something people are actually willing to give you money for. That's the key, right? You might love an idea, but no one is willing to pay for it. And that's not a good business idea, whether it's related to the pandemic or not, right? Now, what do you do if you have a bunch of ideas, you have a bunch of interests? How do you figure out which one's the best? You could go over the time and money stuff, definitely, and those are important. But the most important factor, honestly, I think, is figuring out which thing that people need the most. Let that be your guide if you honestly have multiple passions, right? We call that a multi-passionate person or a multi-passionate entrepreneur in the entrepreneurial world, right? That is fine. Just figure out, do, do your research, ask people, figure out what would be the most in-demand idea. But what if you have like one idea of a type of business that you'd like to run, but you have a bunch of products or service ideas around that need, like say it's helping parents who now have to stay home all the time and have to school their kids at home. You, you want to help those people. And you have a bunch of products or services you know, around that that you think you could sell. Well, as we said, you need to look at the smallest version to get yourself started. And there are multiple ways that you can go with that smallest version. So for example, you could have one core product or service, okay? Just one thing that you're selling. That keeps it small, it keeps it simple for you. Um, sometimes it can be harder to sell because you only have one option for people. So some people like that and some people more prefer to have, you know, a selection of things. But often this is the best way to go when you're just getting started out and you know, you're not planning on opening a big online store of some kind, right? So having one core product or service. The next thing you could do is you could have a hierarchy of sorts, right? It speaks to different stages or different times. So for example, we were just talking about like helping parents, right? Helping parents with this new situation we're in. You could have products or services that speak to different life stages that kids might be in, right? So helping them with toddlers, helping them with school-age kids, with teens, with, you know, empty nest time, kids moving back home. They were, they were moved out for college and now they moved back home. All those different things, right? So you could look at different life stages. Or you could have different products based on the price and amount of work slash value that you're, that you're giving. So for example, I'll give you my business. Now my business isn't directly related to COVID at all, um, but I have three different services for website building. I have the lowest priced one where I review someone's DIY website and I give them my professional opinion on you know, what they could change, what they could tweak, what would help them with SEO, all that kind of stuff. You know, what pictures maybe they could change, anything at all that I see that from a design and uh, client view perspective that would help them book more clients with their website because, you know, that ultimately is our goal. And then I have my mid-priced offer where I build a small, simple website for them. Um, and again, you know, I look at all those things I just talked about, only I'm doing the work. And then I have my highest priced offer which is the custom offer, right? Where it's a much larger website. We're doing much more customized stuff for people. Um, it's usually for like a larger clinic, that kind of thing. 
So again, you know, I have those three different price tiers and they all make sense together because it depends on who you are as a, as, a, as a business owner, as a wellness or health provider. So you could do something similar. You could have three different offers based on the cost and also the time that it takes for you. Now, note here, number one and number two actually do relate to each other. You can 100% start with just that one thing that makes the most sense right now, the one offer the one deal, the one product, the highest demand thing from your research. But keep the rest of those products or services in your back pocket, in your mind to add them later. Once your business has enough flow of income or what, once you have the time or whatever, when the opportunity presents itself, basically, when it makes it more doable for you. Now last, so you could have one product, you could have a hierarchy of products or services, obviously. The third thing you can do is you can just have a sort of like choose your own adventure type thing, you know, a menu of products or services or both for people to choose from. It's kind of like a spa menu or a restaurant menu. Now, I want to note here that, of course, you don't have to have like necessarily a logical order of the products, but they do need to all be interrelated, right? Like, it's very unlikely that one of you is going to open an online business where you're offering like, I don't know, um oil changes for cars and then um, DIY pedicure kits and then uh, pet photography all in one business like that. That makes absolutely no sense. So it's not going to be something like that. It's going to be interrelated products that all relate to like one customer type or one client type or one problem that like busy parents, for example, helping busy parents. But it could be a huge variety of things. It could be like an ebook that you're selling on healthy, quick meals. And then you've also got a consultation service to help them sort their closets to make it easier for them to find things. And then you've got another service where you're helping tutor their kids. And those three things aren't really related other than your core audience is one is busy parents who need help with the, you know, with everything, not just with COVID, like in general, they need help, right? So that's the thing is that you could you could also have that type of business. However, be aware that having that kind of divides your time and makes it a little bit harder for people to understand what you're trying to provide for them. So if that is something that appeals to you, you might want to start with one single product or service of that list. And then later on, see what the demand is like and expand out to those other things. Yes, you know, it can be, you know, a multitude of different things that don't necessarily have a hierarchy. But yeah, start maybe with one thing. Again, go back to that MVP. So this is a lot to think about. I have been recording for over 40 minutes at this point. Finding your business idea is no small task. I understand that. Trust me, having been through this process. But, you know, going through this thought process is really important. So you have a really realistic idea of how much time, money, and effort it's going to take. And also how uh, popular your your product or service is going to be. How likely it is that you're going to be able to make sales. Because I know that is the thing that stresses people out the most, right? It's like, I have this great idea, but are people actually going to buy? And it's not just about marketing, It's not just about that. People actually have to be genuinely interested and that's why you need to look at all those factors. So overall, my big takeaway for you all is this. Do not try to sell something just because it sounds cool or it's a hobby you love or because your friend was able to make lots of money doing it. Do it because number one, you honestly want to. That is the most important thing. And number two, 
people, not just your friends, not just your mom, like I mentioned before, we love, we love our friends, we love our family, but you know, we can't only have them supporting us, we need others to buy from us. They need to make it clear that they're interested in this idea and they want to actually, and you know, buy from you. And that, by the way, is where we're ending today's episode because next week, next episode, we are going to talk about actually finding those people who are interested in your idea, building an audience, building an email list, making sure that they know about you. Because yes, once you figured out, you know, is this something that people are interested in? Now you need to reach those people who are interested in that item or product. So I hope this was helpful to you. I realize this was a bit of a long episode, but there's a lot to think about when it comes to finding your business idea. And there's no, like I said in the beginning, there's no one pathway, one singular answer out there for this. So I'll be back with you next week with that episode, like I said, about building the audience, reaching the audience, making sure that you have a solid group of people who are interested in your product or service before you launch. Until then, take care and I'll be back with you very soon. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.